how that industry will look will definitely be very different because of automation and reduction in the manual effort that is driving the industry right now. Welcome to the GBS Masterminds podcast, the one and only platform for global business service leaders to share their experiences of building world-class shared service organizations. My name is Sashi Narahari, founder and CEO of iRadius, and I'll be your host. Today, I'm honored to host Pawan Pamidamari, a business leader with 20 years of experience. Pawan has a track record of delivering ambitious transformational projects and has worked with top organizations such as Carney and ADP. He's currently serving as the SVP of Finance Operations and Sourcing at Levi's. Pawan, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Shashi. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. You bet. So, Pawan, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career journey. Sure. I started off uh, as an engineer by training, and my first phase of my career was in software development as an engineer for the financial services industry. I led teams developing software for insurance companies and investment banks. Then I went off to business school, and that's how I actually came here to California. So from uh, business school, I went on to management consulting at AT Kearney, where I worked on a wide range of industries, from banking to telecommunications, retail, consumer goods, and across the board. And as I was doing a large transformational engagement at AT Kearney, the client was Levi Strauss and Company. And uh, at the end of that organizational transformation project, the CFO, who now happens to be my boss, asked me if I wanted to jump on board and lead the setup of GBS at uh, Levi's. And that's how I ended up at Levi's. And over the last few years, I was uh, really involved in setting up a cross-functional GBS. And then uh, during the pandemic, I took on additional responsibilities for procurement and real estate, as well as finance for our operations team. Awesome. Pavan, you're the second engineer on this show who's become a GBS leader. The first one was Jamseda from Iron Mountain. Uh, so maybe for the listeners, if you're an engineer, think of a career in GBS. So Pavan, now I'm going to ask you uh, the, some of the most debated, we're calling them as the dead or alive questions. You know, we are from Texas, high radio, so it's kind of, we think about dead and alive. They are a lot. So the first one is around the traditional BPOs. And of course, they're evolving now. But in 10 years from now, do you think BPOs for outsourcing will be dead or alive? That's a great question. I like to think of the reason why BPOs exist. It's a couple of factors as I think about it. One is there are things that every company needs to do but is not part of their core competence or uh, competitive advantage for the company. And then those things require a lot of manual effort. And it's that combination that has ended up creating the BPO industry. And when I look 10 years ahead, I think the first part of that rationale will continue to be true. There will continue to be things that companies want to do that are not part of their core competence and they would want to rely on providers who really specialize on it and can drive scale and value from those activities. How that industry will look will definitely be very different because of automation and reduction in the manual effort that is driving the industry right now. So the industry itself will be alive. In 10 years, it'll look very different. 
very interesting. So we could almost say that BPOs for sure will be alive, but their business model in the current form could be dead, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. We'll go to the second dead or alive question. This is around large physical service centers. Could be captive, could be BPOs, but in 10 years, the current form of large centralized service centers, do you think they'll be dead or alive? I mean, especially this is probably a bigger, harder topic now given COVID and the whole work from anywhere discussions that are going on. Yeah, like you said, I mean, this is one where I feel like they are going to be dead. The large center where there are thousands of people working together every day in the office. That concept, I think, is dead. It's just a matter of that death being how prolonged it will be, how long it will take for that new normal to emerge. The reality is in the current war for talent that's going on. And here I'm speaking both about companies like Levi's, we go through it. Also, our strategic partners who we rely on to get some of our work done, they are also going through the same dynamic. And I think because we've spent the last two years getting used to work being done virtually, I don't see uh, that genie being put back in the bottle. Got it. Very interesting. So in essence, probably more decentralized, more smaller office locations, but not necessarily like big central locations kind of stuff, right? Yeah. What the industry likes to call these uh, ODCs or offshore development centers with 20 or 30,000 seats, I think that model is definitely going to be gone. All right. Okay. We'll go to the third question. Third dead or alive question is around a fairly hot topic, RPA, robotic process automation. I'll be specific on this question because that industry itself is going through an evolution. Uh, in 10 years from now, RPA in the current form, when you think about the current technology form, which is the as-is process, the screen scraping automation, what do you think about that technology concept? Will it be dead or alive? So here I will answer with what I would like to happen. Less of a prediction, more of a wish. I would like it to be dead. And the reason for that is I think we are at a stage where a lot of the work that is fit for that technology. So all the use cases which are good for screen flow automation. In 10 years, if companies have still not automated it, that would be a really sad outcome because there is currently the economics are right and it makes sense for companies to go automate all of that kind of activity. Even today, when I look at RPA solutions, we always talk about what else could be done that is not possible with the current uh, tool set. And I think the RPA companies hopefully will be focusing on those new capabilities that they need to bring and it will look very different 10 years from now. Very interesting perspective. It makes sense. I think in 10 years from now, hopefully we're not just doing basic bot automation of a set of steps and so forth. And definitely makes sense to automate now, but hopefully we're in a whole different world. All right, the next one is around AI, artificial intelligence. As you know, there is a lot of hype and there is also a lot of reality and a lot of discussion on this topic. What are your thoughts on AI specifically for GBS in 10 years from now? Will it be dead or alive? In specifically, it means that the hype will be, will get passed or it'll they'll double down and invest more. So on this one, again, in the theme of uh, giving wishful answers, I'll say I wish that it will be very much alive. And the reasoning for me is as companies have really invested in AI over the last few years, and here I speak about Levi's as well, we have really focused on it and built teams around it and invested in AI in many core areas of the business. 
that also means we haven't yet invested in AI within GBS. So a lot of the things that we do in GBS, we are beginning to scratch the surface with use cases that are good for the latest AI capabilities. What I believe is as the cost curve continues to come down for deploying AI use cases in the business context, there will be more opportunities and more business case for deploying AI within GBS. And even as the AI capabilities themselves grow, definitely in the shorter term of like, let's call it two to five years, I see it as a great time to invest in AI for GBS and potentially even in the 10 year time frame with whatever AI capabilities are at that time, still be a great time to invest within the GBS context. Makes sense. All right. The next question, fifth dead or alive question is, specifically on India as a service center location, in 10 years, given the consistent wage increases that are happening in India and continuous growing inflation rate, actually more than US, will India as a top choice for service centers be dead or alive? So as an Indian guy, this uh, actually does pain me to say this, but I think as the number one choice beyond doubt, I think India will no longer be true in 10 years. Like you said, Sashi, there is the wage inflation that is going on. There is also the talent retention and people are moving around much more rapidly. And some of this is the overhang of no movement for talent during 2020 for COVID. But Mm -hmm. as these trends continue, I can easily see people companies looking at other countries and looking at other locations for sourcing global talent. I don't know if any country has the sheer number of graduates that India produces who are English literate and can basically service global companies. Uh, So no single country will replace India as the top choice, but India's competitive advantage in this space is definitely eroding and eroding fast. That's a bold prediction. A lot of good points there. Makes sense. We see very similar trends in our own company as well. All right. Saving the best for the last, last but not the least, I guess, the the fate of GBS itself. I mean, GBS itself has gone through a lot of evolutions over the last 10, 20 years. In 10 years, GBS as an organization, do you think it will be dead or alive? So I think in 10 years, GBS as an organization is very much alive. And maybe I am biased because I am a GBS leader. But... (laughs) Things that I think about, the factors that I think about when considering this question is over time, organizations, how they work, the ways of working and operating models need to continuously evolve in every industry to keep up with all the change that technology and other factors bring. And I can easily see GBS organizations continuing to do a lot of the things today that fall between the cracks. For example, we talked about RPA earlier today. There are RPA capabilities that are needed to be deployed in pretty much every business process, not just GBS business processes. And GBS organizations can become the engines within any company. For example, in the Levi's context, we do not uh, need to own product design, but Within the product design process, there are some steps that are actually very conducive to RPA kind of automation. And my team is now working with the design and merchandising teams on 
taking over and helping them uh, getting those steps automated. So that to me is just one example of how GBS organizations can continue to stay relevant and create value for their companies over the next uh, 10 year horizon. Very interesting perspective. It's almost like you're, you're, you're automating the back office centric processes, then you're basically taking up more strategic, going to more front office, bringing more technology, more automation. So it can only get better. And of course, you have to prove yourself by creating value for your organization along the way. Exactly. All right. On the closing note, do you have any advice for GBS leaders at large or GBS organization itself? Yeah, I think the one major thing that I like to talk about both with my leadership team and with other colleagues in the GBS is how we all keep ourselves up to date with the capabilities of the technology that are coming at us. So whether it is AI or blockchain or any any number of other technologies, being able to understand them as leaders, understand their capabilities and how we can energize our teams to go after them and deploy them. Like I'm not uh, under any illusions that I'm going to go uh, write the next model or develop an algorithm or any such thing with AI. But I definitely want to make sure that I understand what is the art of the possible. And therefore, I can get the right folks in the team with and engage them in building out and like taking advantage of those technologies. Awesome. Pawan, thank you so much for joining us. A small nugget. Growing up as a kid, when my uncle got my first Levi's jeans, I, I was so happy. So I still remember it's an iconic brand. And I can see you're wearing a... Levi's shirt and all the jeans behind you. So we are very lucky to have you and get your perspectives. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much, Shashi. We like to say at Levi's that everybody has a Levi's story. And thank you for sharing your personal Levi's story. It always warms my heart to hear these stories. Thank you. That was the GBS Masterminds podcast. For more information, visit gbsmasterminds.com and make sure to search for GBS Masterminds in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And on behalf of the team here at High Radius, thanks for listening.